Mercy. All right. Well, I got to preach. First Samuel chapter seven, verse 12 will be the verse I use to give context to this. And I do sincerely appreciate you all being here for 20 weeks and for coming back to the house of God and for staying faithful and for being here. Amen. It's meant the world to my family. We love you. I feel like this is home at this point. First Samuel chapter seven, verse 12. The Bible says, then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen and called the name of it Ebenezer saying, hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Ebenezer. Another version says up until this point, God has been faithful up to this place. God has helped us. Father, I'm absolutely nothing without you. But I ask that you'd use me one more time for your glory. That your name would be glorified in this house. That signs, miracles, and wonders would break forth. That I would clearly enunciate what thus saith the Lord. So that the body of Christ would be edified for such a time as this. Lord, help me to preach this sermon the way you gave it to me this morning. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I'm preaching to you from my heart today. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I um, get a lot of calls, a lot of messages, as I think most preachers would, asking, what do we do in this season? What should our response be? And this sermon is essentially my response to those questions. To do it, I want to take you to a place four miles south of Gilgal in the Old Testament, to this battlefield, this piece of land that the Bible simply calls a place between Mizpah and Shen. This, this unknown place between Mizpah and Shen. This battlefield where Israel suffered one of its greatest defeats. Where they lost over 30,000 soldiers. They lost the Ark of the Covenant. It was stolen from them. And by losing the Ark of the Covenant, they lose the glory of God it is a place of utter defeat, yet it is also a place of testimony. It is a place of hurt. It's a place of casualties. It's a place of lost hope and lost desires to fight. It's a place where people probably rehearse two, three, four, five times what they could have done better, how they should have responded, how they should have reacted. It's on that battlefield that the sons of the high priest Eli, his sons Ophni and Phineas, were killed. And when the news of the defeat reached and the loss of his sons reached Eli, the Bible says that he fell over and broke his neck and died. Now, one of those, one of those boys had a pregnant wife. I promise this is a positive sermon, by the way. Don't get depressed just yet. But when the news of, the, of all the death and the casualties reached his pregnant wife, she died giving birth to a child. And she named the child Ichabod, which translates the glory has departed in the middle of all of the loss and all of the fighting and all of the casualty. She named the child. The glory has departed. Ichabod, the glory has departed. Now, 
If you've been in church for any length of time, you've probably heard people talk about Ichabod, but it bears remembering and it bears you having a a, a reminder today about why you don't name things in a season. She named the boy Ichabod, which means the glory has departed. But the problem is that 20 years later, the glory came back. What they lost came back, but the boy was still identified as the glory has departed. She gave the boy a permanent name in a temporary season. In a temporary situation, she determined your name is the glory has departed. In other words, your name is defeat. Your name is loss. Your name is victim. Your name is everything negative that we've seen. But... The glory came back. We are in a season right now where if you're not careful, you're going to make some permanent decisions that will affect 2022, 2023, 2030, and 2040. And you can't let something in 2020 have a permanent effect on the rest of your life because this is a season. This is a moment in history, but this is not the end. This isn't the end. Pastor's going to preach to us next year, next week, and he's going to talk to us about the end times, and he's going to tell us about the signs of the time. He's going to tell us about what is to come. But as you're hearing that word, remember that while we're talking about what is to come, this is not the end. This is not the end of it all. There's still life in front of us, and I've made a decision in my life. I'm not going to let the hell of 2020 affect the heaven that I'm expecting in 20. 21. Stop naming your marriage Ichabod. Stop speaking Ichabod over your children. Stop speaking Ichabod over your money. Stop speaking Ichabod over your ministry. Stop saying it's over. Stop saying the glory has departed. Stop saying your best days are yesterday. No, 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 no. Be careful because I'm telling you the glory is coming back. I took one of my daughters to the doctor last week for a wellness exam and unprovoked, I didn't ask him to talk about the pandemic, didn't ask him to speak about a virus or anything like that. But in his spiel to my daughter, he said, now, he said, now, don't you get so afflicted by what's going on right now because this is just a season. And I perked my ear because he sounded like a preacher. I'm like, give me my sermon for Sunday, doctor. He said, this is a temporal moment. It's a temporal season. And he told my daughter, he said, viruses don't get stronger. Viruses get weaker. He said, here's the good news. He said, this happens every hundred years. Every hundred years we have a pandemic. Every hundred years we have some kind of virus that rises up. And every hundred years everybody thinks the world's about to end and that it's all over. We need to sell everything and go live in a forest because there's no hope for tomorrow. He said, but he said, this too shall pass. And when he said that, I'm like, Ooh, man, I know I'm preaching on Sunday doctor right now. This too shall pass. Someone needs to hear it because you haven't heard it enough. COVID shall 
pass. All this political strife, this shall pass. This racial strife, this too shall pass. This uncertainty, this too shall pass. You say, how can you say that with confidence? Because I know who's in charge of the world. I know who's in charge of my tomorrow. It's the same God that made a way for me yesterday. The same God that's blessing me today. And the word says he's the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So I can confidently declare today, this too shall pass. So they named the boy Ichabod. They say the glory has departed. They have decided because they're tired of the fight. It's over for us. But there was something happening in the camp of the enemy. And I didn't even talk to the nine o'clock service about this. I forgot. Sometimes, sometimes it does. Sometimes it is worth sleeping in and coming to the 11 o'clock service. While they were dealing with what was happening in front of them, there was something, there was something happening in the enemy's camp. I believe with all my heart that while we see everything at this surface, we see this virus and all the fights and we see all the, we see all the stuff that is 2020. I believe there's something happening in the enemy's camp that we are unaware of. I think there is a spiritual fight that's taking place. I believe there is a reason the prophetic is under attack. There is a reason the intercessory prayer is under attack. This is not a political thing. This is a spiritual thing. We are in a spiritual season because you're going to hear about it next week because the end is yet to come. This is a spiritual thing, but there are things happening in the corridors of hell. There are things happening in the spiritual realms that we are unaware of. The Israelites were unaware that the enemy had taken the Ark of the Covenant and placed it in their temple. But when they woke up the next day, Dagon had fallen. Now, let me explain how Dagon fell. Dagon did not fall like this. Dagon fell like this. Because the Bible says that one day, Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I just happen to believe that it might have been a type and foreshadow that when that false idol God fell, he didn't fall backwards. He fell prostrate in a sign of worship as if he was saying, I thought I was great, but you're greater. So they picked Dagon up, and the next day when they found him, they found him again, prostrate, worshiping before the Lord God. I have a feeling that there's some viruses in the corridors of hell that very soon are going to be brought to prostrate before the Lord and say, he is greater than what I tried to afflict this world with. I feel, they used to say in the church, I feel my help come right now. I got to preach this right now. I met a man that was a missionary to China some years ago. This is his story. I have no way of telling you. I wasn't there. I don't have a video. I'm just going to tell you his story. He said that when he first arrived in China, he was visiting a Buddhist temple just as a tourist and was watching what was going on in the temple. And he was watching as they were doing prayer requests. And he said that the Buddhist priests had dice. 
He had dice in his hand. And you would come and bring the prayer. This is another thing I didn't tell the nine o'clock service, but I'm in a tangent right now. They would bring, <laughs> that's why you should keep notes when you preach, by the way. Um, they, they brought, he had dice. You'd bring the priest your prayer request. He'd take the dice and throw the dice. And if the dice said yes, Buddha said yes. And if the dice said no, Buddha said no. And they call us crazy. They make mockery of us for asking the Lord to, to, I mean, they make mockery of us. The media makes mockery of you speaking in tongues. The media makes mockery of you praying in the spirit or asking the Lord to dispatch angels on behalf of the people of God. They make mockery of us, but they wouldn't ever do it to a Muslim believer. They would never do it to a Buddhist believer, to a Hindu believer, but I'm telling this is a spiritual thing. They're only attacking us. Anyhow, they throw the dice and if Buddha said yes. The dice would say yes. And if not, the dice would say no. And he said, I was just there as a casual observer watching from the balcony. And he said, that Buddhist priest pointed me out, looked at me out of nowhere. And he said, you, the Buddha I serve is greater than the Jesus you serve. Don't tell me every demonic spirit doesn't know when you walk in a room. Don't tell me hell doesn't stand at attention. People are speaking Ichabod over this season. The business is going to close, but then you showed up and your name isn't Ichabod. Your name is provision. This marriage is going to fall apart and then you show up. Your name isn't divorce. Your name is love. Your name isn't Ichabod. Your name is blessing. Your name is hope. Your name is joy. Stop speaking Ichabod. He said, the Buddha I serve is greater than the Jesus you serve. And the missionary said, excuse me, sir, I'm just here as a tourist. He said, I didn't want to cause a scene. I'm in China. Oh, God. And he said, the priest said, my Buddha is greater than your Jesus and I'll prove it to you. And he took his dice. Buddha, are you greater than Jesus? And he threw the dice. Dice came back, said no. COVID, you're not greater than Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Poverty, you're not greater than Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every rebellious, suicidal, drug-addicting spirit that's trying to get a hold of our generation, you're not greater than my Jesus. My God, forgive me, I'm in a tangent right now. You're not greater than my Jesus. Every now and then you need to get so ticked off at the season that you'll remind this season who's in charge of the seasons. You need to remind the wind who's the master of the wind. You got to remember all he's got to do is get up and say, peace, be still. And every storm cloud has to cease the rain. You just got, sometimes you just got to remind the season who's in charge. There are some things happening in the corridors of hell that we're not aware of. At that point in the story, the Philistines said, give it back. Just put the ark on a cart, give it back. We're not going to fight him anymore. 
We're not going to go to war anymore. We're not going to attack them anymore. Just put it on a cart and give it back. And they were going to kick the mule to send it. And someone said, no, don't send it back like that. Those are those Israelites. Did you hear what their God did to Pharaoh? Did you hear what God did to those Egyptians? Did you hear about the Red Sea? Mm -mm. Don't just send it back. Put gold on the cart. Put some stuff on the cart that they didn't even lose. Let's just give them some stuff that they never had before. Let's give them back what they lost. And let's give them what they never had. And then they kicked the mule. I'm decreeing over the body of Christ that when we come out of this season, we're not just going to get back what we lost. We're going to get some stuff we never had before. Hell is going to give us gold. Hell is going to give us back our families. Hell is going to give us. You say hell. It's because they fear the Lord our God and they don't want to mess with us anymore. I believe that God is going to make the COVID virus bow its knees before him. And I believe that God is going to heal this land. I Look, we were supposed to go into a depression, but we didn't. Why? Because our name is in Ichabod. Our name is more than enough through Christ Jesus. I got to get back into my sermon. I don't even remember what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. The Israelites didn't even know what was happening in the corridors of hell. They didn't even know. Sometimes you can get so wrapped up in what you're going through that you're unaware of the bigger picture. And we are unaware at times of what's happening. The spiritual battle that we're in. The blessing that's trying to come to us. The provision that's trying to come to us. Some people are going to remember 2020 for a virus. They're going to remember 2020 for all the stuff that it is. I've made up my mind. I'm going to remember it for another reason. I'm going to remember it because when they said that we'd have a depression, you and I got blessed. When they said that we wouldn't make it out of the year, look, here we are still standing by the grace of God. When they, every time they said something, now I know we're not out of the woods just yet. I'm a realist. I know we still have a virus. I know people are still getting sick. I'm sensitive to that. I'm praying for healing for that. But you alone should be able to testify. It's not what they said it was going to be in March. It's not what they said it was going to be in February. It's never the Ichabod that they said it was going to be. We have a testimony today. God has been good good to us. He's brought me this far. The Bible says that this battlefield between Mizpah and Shen, they call it Ebenezer. First Samuel chapter four calls it Ebenezer. First Samuel chapter five calls it Ebenezer. First Samuel chapter seven calls it Ebenezer. But when the battle took place, It wasn't called Ebenezer. It had a different name. It was a place of sorrow. It was a place of loss. It was a place of defeat. It was a place of of battle and war. 
but it got a name change. The Bible says that after 20 years of living without the glory, the prophet came and he said, I want to bring you back here to the place where you lost it all. I want to bring you back to this place of hurt, this place of brokenness, this place. I want you to give God a praise here. Here. God is calling the body of Christ to praise him here. In the last five weeks of 2020, I hear the Lord say, praise me here. I know you want to get out of this year and praise me in 2021, but a true worshiper can praise me right here. A true worshiper doesn't need a new year. A true worshiper says, I'll praise him right here because he brought me this far. And in that place of worship and praise, in that place, a surge came. A surge came because every Philistine soldier came back to that battlefield. After 20 years of leaving them alone, when they saw them sacrifice, they showed back up. And I said, that's just like that nasty old devil. You try to get things right and the devil comes back. You decide, I'm going to start tithing in 2021. And somehow you get a letter from Blockbuster (laughs) charging you that you didn't return die hard. 14 years ago. And they just found where you live now. Right now, when I was going to start tithing. Right now, the enemy comes after my money. You go to two, three marriage seminars. You decide, I'm going to get my marriage right. We're going to love each other. We're going to make this thing work. We're going to fall in love. We're going to force it. Whatever we got to do, we're going to fall back in love. And you go to the marriage seminar and you get the free picture taken at the fake ark again. I mean, you do, the, you do the whole thing all over again. And you come home and I'm going to love you and you're going to love me. And you go home and there's a message from your ex on Facebook. Hey. I just want to know what's up. You're like, man, I wanted to know what's up like 14 years ago. Why you got to hit me up now when I'm trying to get things right? Why does it seem like when I'm trying to do things right, then the enemy comes back? And I said, that's the devil. I said it out loud. My kids ran in the kitchen. They're like, dad, where's the devil? I said, that's just like the devil. Every time I try to get things right and do right, that old temptation, those old spirits, those old desires, those, those, old, those old nemesis and battles and bitterness, and they all try to come back. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, it wasn't the devil. I said, then who was it? He said, it was me. I allowed the surge of the enemy to come back. I let the enemy come back. I said, why would you do it? He said, because it is written in my word. I will prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Coronavirus is going to see you get blessed. Spirit of poverty is going to see you drive in a new car. Hallelujah. The spirit of divorce is going to see you in love again. I'm telling you, every demonic spirit that has risen up against you is going to watch you be blessed. A 
I think I told you this story before, but I was preaching in the Midwest at a, at a PAW church and the service leader got up and he said, I command you, Satan, in the name of the Lord, take up your weapons and flee. And I love that song, but something got in me. I said, bring them back. And he looked over at me. He said, son, are you all right? I said, yes, sir. I'm so sorry. And so he said it again. I command you, Satan, in the name of the Lord, take up your weapons and flee. And I love the next part, but I stopped again. I said, bring them back. And at that point, I knew I wasn't ever going back to that church. He said, son, you have something you want to say? I said, yes, I do. I want you to bring that nasty, filthy devil back into church. Don't rebuke him. Don't tell him to go. Bring him in. And I said, no one gets scared. I said, but when I was backslidden, he was there. When I was defeated, he was there. When I wasn't living for God, he was there. When I was a hypocrite, he was there. But now that I'm going to be in victory, he wants to slide out the back door because he doesn't want any repercussions for the things he did. I said, no, no, no. You bring him back because if he saw me in defeat, now he's going to see me in victory. If he saw me when I was poor, now he's going to see me when I'm blessed. If he saw me when I was depressed, now he's going to see me full of joy. I want every legion every devil in hell look at these people right now you can't take their praise you can't take their blessing watch them praise the Lord Mm. I feel the Holy Ghost So in the presence of their enemies, they got it all back. Every city, their hope, their future, peace, they got it all back. And then the prophet said, we're going to build a monument here. From this day forward, this place shall be called Ebenezer. The Lord hath brought us this far. He makes no mention of tomorrow. He makes no mention of the next year. He makes no mention of what is to come. He's satisfied with what the Lord has done up to here. The Lord brought me this far. We are in such a rat race for what's next that sometimes we feel to be thankful for what has been to this point. We're in, we're, we're so, we're like the kid that says, what's my next present that we don't know how to say, Lord, if this was it, if this was all, I give you praise because the Lord brought me this far. Someone asked me, what does 2021 hold? I don't know what's coming in two weeks. I don't know. But what I do know is the Lord brought me this far. And based on what he's done to this point, he's worthy of the best praise that I've given him all year. The Lord hath brought me this far. He brought me this far. He erected a monument and called it Ebenezer. The Lord brought us this 
far. When is the last time you praised God and you said, Lord, this isn't for what is to come. I'm not even asking you for another blessing. I'm not saying you got to do anything else, but based on what you have done, I'm giving you an Ebenezer praise. The Lord brought me this far. In 2020, I have an Ebenezer praise because he's brought me this far through a pandemic, through a quasi-recession, through political strife, through fighting and backbiting. and He brought me this far. I don't know what January holds, but Ebenezer, the Lord has brought me this far. Hallelujah. They erected a memorial. They lifted up a stone and said, this place is called Ebenezer. The Lord has brought us this far. And it was positioned in such a place that from that day forward, every time they had to go fight another battle, because there are more battles. Every day they had to go back to war, they'd have to walk by Ebenezer first. And remember, the Lord brought me this far. I got other fights to fight. I got other giants to kill. But every time I go to the next fight, I walk by Ebenezer first. The Lord brought me this far. Now, if you had to build a memorial, if you had to build a statue every time God did a miracle for you, you'd live in a concrete jungle. You'd have nowhere. But a modern day memorial is not a statue. It's a testimony. It's a testimony. You can't ever forget what the Lord has done for you. I got, you met my daughter a few weeks ago. Every time I see, every time I see the enemy try to mess with my daughter a little bit, you know what I do with her? I walk her by Ebenezer and I remember Michael, when you were born, they said you weren't going to live. They said you weren't. They said you were going to die, but the Lord brought you this far. I just, all I do is I casually walk her by her testimony and remind her what the Lord said he did in her life. Four years ago when I buried my first wife, they said I wasn't going to be able to raise those three children. They said I wasn't going to be able to be a mom and a dad to them. They said my children's faith was going to be quenched, but I walked by my Ebenezer and I remember, look, the Lord brought us this far. I got a memory. I got a treasure trove. I got a savings account of testimony of Ebenezer's the Lord brought me this far and if he did it once it lets me know he'll do it again I got faith today because of my Ebenezer people ask me why I sing so much I'm not a singer I know that But I sing because it brings me back to a place. I sing the songs that were sung the day I got called to preach. The night I got the Holy Ghost. I hear those songs from when I was at a youth camp or a youth conference and they ministered to me while I was laying in an altar. When I sing those old songs, it's because it takes me back to my Ebenezer's. Takes me back to my testimonies. And it reminds me. Of what God has done. Now I'm not, I'm not Dave Ramsey. I'm not the finance guy. But I know enough to know that you shouldn't live paycheck to paycheck. If that's where you are right now. Just make, that, that's okay. Thank the Lord you got a paycheck and you're getting another one. But make a decision. I'm not going to stay there. Okay. Because when you live paycheck to paycheck. If the paycheck doesn't come. You'll have no way of surviving. 
But at some point, you're able to build some equity, build some savings, build some money in an account so that if there is a delay in your pay, you still are able to pay your bills and get food. I think we have lot when the Bible, you know, the Bible says we go from glory to glory, victory to victory. I think that some of us are living miracle to miracle. And if God doesn't do the miracle this week, we're going to backslide. We're going to give up on the church. We're going to walk away. Because if he doesn't do it, you need to have a diversified portfolio. Listen, look, look at me sounding like I got, like I know something. You need to have a, di- let me tell you what you need to have in the heavenlies right now. You need to have a diversified portfolio of testimonies. That means you need to have a testimony of healing, a testimony of provision, a testimony of joy, a testimony of, you need to have so many different testimonies that it doesn't matter what weapon the enemy tries to form against you, none of them will prosper because you'll have a savings account saying, but God did this, God did this, God did this. I'm not going to fear you, giant, because I know what he did with the lion. I know what he did with the bear. I got, I know too much about what God has done. Even if I don't get a miracle this week, there's enough that God has done in my life that I can give him an Ebenezer praise and say, I don't know what's about to happen, but the Lord has brought me this far. Give him praise in this house. Stand with me, if you will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord hath brought me this far. Ebenezer is a reminder of God's favor. It's a reminder of God's magnificence and God's power. Ebenezer is a a reminder that he doesn't have to do one more thing. He's done so much. He's worthy of my best praise. And in this season of 2020, we owe God an Ebenezer praise. We owe him an Ebenezer praise. Think, think if, I know you really don't want to have to go back there. Oh, I, I, I forgot to tell you why Ebe, the other reason why Ebenezer is so important. It had another name. They used to call it something else. But when the author wrote the memoirs of what happened, he simply called it Ebenezer. Ebenezer is the name of victory. It used to have another name. But after victory came, the old name no longer mattered. You used to have another name. They used to call you something else. You used to be defeat. You used to be hypocrite. You used to be loser. You used to be broke. You used to be... Because of holiness, I can't say what they what you used to be. But there's a new name written in glory. Because of the Ebenezer of Jesus Christ. You've been given a new name. Your name isn't cancer. Your name is healing. Your name isn't broke. Your name is blessed. Your name isn't lost. Your name is saved. Your name isn't defeated. Your name is victorious. You're not known by what you went through. You're known how you came through. Hallelujah. You're known as victory. You're known as Ebenezer. The Lord hath brought you this far. And I think today, I think that we owe God an Ebenezer praise.
That's real praise right there because I didn't have to prompt it. Give him an Ebenezer praise. I didn't know how I'd make it out of 2020. But Ebenezer, the Lord brought me this far. I thought I was going to lose my job. But Ebenezer, the Lord brought me this far. Didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. But Ebenezer, the Lord brought me this far. Thought my marriage was going to crumble. But Ebenezer, the Lord brought me this far. Didn't know if I'd ever laugh again. But Ebenezer, Ebenezer, the Lord brought me this. Give him right now. I'm Ebenezer. He brought me this far. Kind of praise right now. Hallelujah. 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 It's my last one, so I might as well get it all out of me. They try to figure out how David could stare down a giant that had an entire army fearful for 40 days and 40 nights. They try to figure out how a young man can look at a giant and say, you come against me with a sword and a shield, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. They try to figure out how David could have that faith for a giant, but that faith for a giant came with a, came from a battle with a bear and it came from a battle with a lion. In other words, it came from some Ebenezer's in his past that gave him the faith to be able to take on a giant. 2020 swung with its hardest swing. 2020 came at us like a 54-year-old Mike Tyson. But just like last night when they have to call this match, they're not going to say 2021. In fact, it's not going to be like last night because last night they called a draw. By the way, they were wrong. But when this battle comes to an end, they're not going to say 20. 21, they're going to say you won. They're going to say you came out victorious. Ebenezer, the Lord hath brought us this far. Hallelujah. I speak victory over you in the name of Jesus. I speak victory over you in the name of Jesus. May you come out of this season with so much victory all over you that it's not just on you, but it's on your children, it's on your household, and it's on your family. I speak victory over you on this side today in the name of Jesus. I speak victory over you middle sections right here in Jesus' name. I speak victory over you left side. I speak victory, 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 victory. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Ebenezer, the Lord brought me this far. The Lord brought me this far. Take no worry about tomorrow, for the Lord hath brought you this far. Don't worry about next. The Lord hath brought you this far. At the count of three. Would you give God an Ebenezer? You brought me this far. Kind of praise. One, two, three. Give him the praise. Give him the praise.